Hello and welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host. I'm J.D. Layden. I'm joined in studio by my co-host. Emily Machak. As well as our reporter, Ren Wadsworth, is somewhere around here hiding in the station. <laughs> They're out of the studio for now, but we will hear from our reporters later for some Local news, national news, all your updates, and we also have an interview later for a music segment with a certain pop star that you just might know. He was on a show called Drake and Josh, so ring a bell, ring a bell, see what Uh, I did there. (laughs) So we'll have that coming up later for you, but right now we have a very special guest in studio, Dr. Susan Bailey, a radiation cancer biologist and CSU researcher. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, can you just first start off and tell us your full career position and research position? Because there's a bunch of it, I know, and I don't want to mispronounce <laughs> all the medical stuff. Yeah. I, was okay. like, I haven't learned that in my journalism yeah. classes. No, no but. problem. So I'm, uh, as you said, a radiation cancer biologist. I'm a professor in the Department of Environmental and Radiological Health Sciences here at CSU. Okay. And then you are have been helping with the NASA TWINS study. That's correct. So... I did some research on the study, and I'm not going to lie, I was a bit confused (laughs) about what it all meant. So just in layman's terms, can you kind of explain the basis, the results, what went down? I know, that's a big question. Or maybe a a small summary, and we'll work up to it. (laughs) Okay, how much time do I have? (laughs) Uh, So the NASA twin study really is um, a whole group of investigations, 10 different investigations that were selected by NASA uh, for collectively what became known as the twin study. So the opportunity came along for... um, when they selected Scott Kelly for the one-year mission, NASA's first one-year mission, uh, they he was actually the one who asked the question, well, are you doing anything because I have an identical twin brother who also happened to be a, an astronaut and a Navy test pilot? So he had retired from the astronaut corps, so he wasn't flying anymore. But you know, NASA very quickly realized that there was a real opportunity there because we had two identical, genetically identical individuals who had led very similar lifestyles. And we could then study the, the before, during, and after the one-year mission that Scott was on, we could use Mark as his ground control. So perfect space experiment was born. And that's when they put out the call for studies to actually look at the health effects of space flight. And and that's when we were selected for um, an aging study, which is what we proposed. We wanted to look at telomeres, the ends of our chromosomes, which are really very important for maintaining the stability of our genome. And they also shorten as we get older. So just because of cell division, they naturally shorten, so they're a good marker of aging. But they also shorten with all kinds of other things, all kinds of life stresses, like um, you know, just, just stress in general, but also things like psychological stress. You can imagine the isolation on the space station for a year, for example, or things like radiation exposure, which we were particularly interested in, um, all act to accelerate telomere shortening. So we imagined that, in fact, Scott's telomeres would certainly shorten more quickly you know, than Mark's during his time on the space station. And we couldn't have been more wrong. The, the results are in, and in fact, te- Scott's telomeres were longer at every single time point that we had 
during the flight. So we're still scratching our heads on that one and and trying to figure out why that is. Uh, I think probably the important long-term consequence is is that, in fact, when he came back to Earth, his telomere length shortened very, very rapidly, like within 48 hours, and then took several months to kind of average out to where he was when he started. But in the end, he still had many more short telomeres than he did before he started. So I think that kind of ties back and fits with what we thought originally, but why they're lengthening or getting longer or there are more long telomeres during spaceflight, we really don't know. If you had to make a guess, what would you think caused it? Well, there's a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of things on Earth, for example, that we know help to maintain telomere length, things like a healthy lifestyle, good diet, exercise. Scott lost about 15 pounds while he was up there, so, you know, caloric restriction is associated with such things, too. The trouble is is that there's really no evidence um, on Earth, anyway, of telomeres actually getting longer. We can do things to help maintain them longer. So that, I don't know. That... I mean, that kind of, those things could contribute, but it could also be something like the radiation exposure is also a, a top uh, candidate, that it's some kind of a, an injury response, a response to DNA damage that is somehow mobilizing more cells like stem cells, perhaps, that have longer telomeres just anyway. So what we're looking at is just an inherently, a population of cells that are different and that just inherently have longer telomeres. Mm-hmm. Was Mark just told to go on as he normally was, or did he have a diet that he was on to make sure it was like Scott's? Oh, or? We tried. We tried <laughs> to get Mark to eat space food for a year, and he said, no way. You know, we could we could poke him and, and prod him and all that stuff, but and he was a real trooper. He went along with all of it except for the diet. <laughs> he was drinking margaritas in Arizona. <laughs> Can't blame him for that. That's right. So typical Earth life versus, you know, typical space life. Mm-hmm. So what do these results mean for NASA or space travel in general? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it, it was such a remarkable opportunity to have identical twins, um, and I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon again. Uh, but for the, the long run, what it really means is it's starting to really set a baseline of what the health effects are, uh, for example, as NASA tries to go to the moon and Mars, you know, just not compared to Earth life, but also compared to really the important baseline is what's life like in space. So this International Space Station is in low Earth orbit, so, you know, still not quite out outside of the protection of the Earth, but it still gives us an idea that, in fact, the human body is really very adaptable to spaceflight. And now now that these results are known, what's the next the next endeavor. step. The next, the next step. step. Yeah. Where do we yes. go from here? So certainly, you know, the, the twin study was only an N of one. So, you know, one one astronaut. So we're very um, anxious and, and excited to be able to look at some of these same endpoints in additional astronauts. That will certainly be the, the most important next step. Uh, and we are fortunate. Uh, we were still, we had also a cohort of 10 unrelated astronauts where we were doing very similar studies and we're finalizing that and then we've also been selected for what they're calling the integrated one-year project so there's going to be as many as 30 more astronauts on different duration flights or missions on the space station so we'll be able to get some more um, telomere results more chromosome aberrations which was the other thing we looked at um, in in more astronauts to really validate the findings. Mm -hmm. 
and you say you were looking a lot at radiation mm-hmm. as a cause. Yes. Um, as a cancer researcher. Yes. Have you had that experience in that field, I'm sure? Yes, <laughs> yes. So that's, I didn't really mention that, but yes, so one of the things, the other part of our study was to look at DNA damage response. So the response of our cells, particularly our DNA and our chromosomes to radiation exposure. And what happens is radiation will breaks DNA, so it will break chromosomes and they'll rearrange. They'll get stuck back together in the wrong way. And that's a very clear signature of radiation exposure. And certainly when we looked at Mark's or Scott's versus Mark, he had elevated frequencies of both translocations, which are rearrangements between chromosomes, as well as inversions, so little pieces even within a chromosome that were flipping over. And those are very you know, like I say, very well-established signatures of radiation exposure. So he did He did come back with more, um, you know, chromosome aberrations than he did before he went up. So again, a, signi- a sign that he could be um, at risk of increased genomic instability, which is one of the hallmarks of, of, car- of carcinogenesis or cancer. Oh, okay, gotcha. This might be a dumb question, but what exactly are chromosome aberrations? Okay, yes, so chromosomes. <laughs> you know, chromosomes are, right. yep, our DNA is organized into very specific sizes and shapes of chromosomes that are capped by telomeres, which we already talked about. But if um, the chromosome is damaged, like by radiation, ionizing radiation will actually break the DNA, so the chromosome can be broken. And if you get a couple of breaks, you know, in your in your genome, so you've got a break on one chromosome and a break on another one, if they get put back together wrong, you have one piece of one sticking onto the other one and the other piece going somewhere. I mean, it can almost be like a game of, of musical chairs where the pieces are are just, you know, not going back together correctly. And they, they call those aberrations or or rearrangements. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense, actually. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. Bailey. This has been so interesting. And I know we both have already learned a lot. Oh, yeah. Good. A lot today. I feel smarter already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. Oh, good. Well, stay tuned. We definitely have, there'll be some more companion papers that come out um, with, alongside of the twin study or complement the twin study. And we'll have our uh, a number of other more mechanistic studies, hopefully um, trying to figure out the mysterious telomere lengthening in space. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. thank you so much. We are looking forward to finding out what it is. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you, Dr. Susan Bailey, radiation cancer biologist and researcher on the NASA twin study. Thank you again. Don't leave because after the break, we will be talking about a hip hop show. CSU. Definitely changing the beat on this one. Yeah, you know, we're a diverse show. But I'd say they're both still out-of-this-world themes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And on that bombshell of a terrible pun, we will be right back. So keep that dial locked only here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins. I wish there was some music that I could listen to. How about the Beach Boys? I could vibe to that. What about ACDC? Ooh, I can vibe to that. The cars? Oh, I can vibe to that. Well, what if I told you there was a place you could listen to all of those people at once? Oh, I could triple vibe to that. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, if you tune in to Through the Decades, your favorite classic rock radio show with me, DJ Ems, every Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m., you can vibe to that only here on KCSU-FM.
and welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show only here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins. I'm your host, J.D. Layton. I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Emily Moshak. And uh, we've got us another interview we coming do. your way with uh, Hernan Torres and the president of the Hip Hop Club, Kylie, which I didn't grab your last name. It's Creighton. Creighton. Kylie Creighton. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Well, you guys are part of the Hip Hop Club and you have a hip hop show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So can you tell us like what is a hip hop show? It sounds super exciting. What all goes into it? Yeah. So this is our first year being the Hip Hop Dance Club. And we decided that we wanted to build the dance um, community in Fort Collins. So we decided this event would be a great way to do that. Very cool. Can you tell us what exactly the event entails? I know it's a Mm -hmm. big day from like 10 to 9.30 p.m. So we're going all day. Is it all rappers? Do we have dance? Like what's going on? We got everything. So, um, well, before the day of... um, we're also having like a pre-event off campus, um, but for the day of here on April 28th, um, we call the Vision Dance Expo because we're creating like a, a vision, basically, right, of what like dance or like the um, art culture looks like and how we can bring that to um, Fort Collins. So on that day of, we're going to have um, live art, we're going to have... Uh, dancers, we're gonna have dance battles, performances, we're gonna have rappers doing performances, workshops, art workshops, dance workshops, music workshops, people teaching how to like make beats, lyrical, lyrical creation, like, I mean, just everything is gonna be there. So our goal is to like bring everything together, like all the art cultures all in one place. Very cool, that's a big mix. Yeah, so. I love that. Yeah, so the event starts at 11 to one is our workshops and then later through the day we'll have battles and then performances and then more battles ending at 9:30. cool are the battles and performances ones that they're working on in the workshops or are these separate so it's separate so the workshops they're learning how to do art there's workshops how to learn to dance and there's workshops to learn how to music produce and so there's a variety of different workshops um, going on from 11 to 1. And yeah, after that, we have the battles, which is freestyle. So freestyle meaning you make up whatever dance moves that you want. Ooh, like right on the um, spot. Yeah. Right so, very spot. cool. That's a lot of pressure. That sounds uh-huh. cool, though. I bet yeah. everyone's very talented. They're and all local artists, right? Uh, yes. Some of them are local artists. Um, some are coming from, like, different parts of Colorado. So Denver, Boulder, Colorado Springs, just, like, a lot of different areas. And then we're flying in um, one of our uh, our judges for the day of, and they're teaching a workshop as well. And um, some people who already reside here in Colorado from different parts of the world as well. So it's um, it's a variety of different places. Yeah, going into the performances, uh, crews from around Colorado come and they've been practicing these performances for months or weeks or however long it takes them to really get it down. And that's what the performances compared to the battles are. Okay, okay. Yeah. Very cool. So... In in the the press release you sent to us, you mentioned the the themes for the show are collaboration, unity, peace, and love. Why'd you pick those themes, and and can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, so 
the hip-hop motto is um, peace, love, unity, and having fun. And so we just wanted to let people know that hip-hop is a culture, and it's not just a dance form or a music form. It's an actual culture which has a lot of meaning behind, like, where the history came from and why people are still doing it today and why there's purpose behind it. So it's a lot more than just the upfront artistic vision, but a lot about the backstory and how we incorporate hip hop. Exactly. It's not just showing off. It's like expressing yourself through a medium that's different from speaking or however you would express yourself. Very cool. I want to ask, how do the paint artists incorporate into hip hop? Because dancing and music producing, I can see, but paint, that's that's out there. So how's that going to work? Um, so live artists, um, basically the way they're going to do it is a lot of them already have lots of experience just doing live art. And many of them usually come with a piece they've already been working on. Or sometimes, like at least I know one of them or two of them are probably going to create a piece based off what is going on at that moment. Mm-hmm. So um, one of them might make a piece like based off like dancing. So I think his focus might be like break dancing or something like that. And so throughout the entire day, because sometimes these pieces take, take a long time to create. So they're just going to be like... Um, you know, just going off in their own creation while like watching the show, while interacting with people. So it's an ongoing all day creation. That is so cool. Very cool. Now these workshops, are they for everybody, you know, all levels or do you need some experience with maybe art or dancing? No, it's for anyone and all these events are free and yeah, every, everything is open to the community. So, um, of course, it's student-focused because we're at CSU, um, but it's open to the entire community. And if you're a beginner and you never done any, like, hip-hop dancing, and, like, in hip-hop, there's different styles of hip-hop dancing, but if you've never done anything and you want to learn something from people who've been doing this for a long time, this is a great place to come and get connected. Uh, there's also going to be, like, um, art uh, like w- one of the people who are doing the art workshops, he's a student here. So he's basically going to be doing something that people can like take home with them to like take from the workshops. And then some people, so the person who's t- uh, doing um, uh, the beat producing workshop, um, I don't know if you know him. He, I think he's worked at 9.5 FM KCSU. I think it's Wesley Ramon. Um, he, he's going to be doing like pr- uh like producing and stuff like that. So oh, Okay, mm, very cool. cool. Yeah, Do you so- guys have places in the show? Or that you're going to be doing? Yeah, so Hip Hop Dance Club is probably going to be the opening of the performances. Awesome. Yeah. Are you both dancers? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who's the better dancer? Oh. I, th- I think it's Kylie, but she, she never calls it out. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this sounds like just the coolest event. So much creation going on in one spot. And it's so awesome that it's being put on by yeah. the CSU Hip Hop Dance Club. That is the coolest. Do you have anything else that our listeners need to know about the show? Uh, yeah, the one thing is if, if you are interested, if you're listening today, um, our show is on April 28th. Um, it's called Vision Dance Expo, and it goes from 11 a.m. to um, 9.30 p.m., and the breakdown is 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. is workshops, 1 to 3.30 p.m. is house battles, and then 3.45 to 5.45 is all our performances. And then from 6 to 9.30 is our All Styles Battle. And you can find more information on Vision Dance Expo on Facebook. Very cool. Yeah. And also it's open to all age groups, all experience. 
yeah, anyone can show up. And it's free to the community. So come, yeah, so um, if you're really interested, um, just check it out. It's a Vision Dance Expo. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us all about it. It sounds like it's going to be a great, great event. So thank you, Kylie and Hernan. We really appreciated it. We're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because up next, we've got your local news and an interview with Drake Bell himself. The man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) Only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. KCSU Fort Collins thanks Arise Music Festival for their support. Arise takes place August 2nd through the 4th near Fort Collins and delivers camping, yoga, art, and over 200 musical performances, including Tipper, Beats Antique, Railroad Earth, Sun Squabby, Leftover Salmon, and many more. Early bird tickets available at arisefestival.com now. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, one of two news directors here at 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm J.D. Layton. I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Emily Moshak, as well as our reporter, Katie Otter. How are you doing, Katie? I'm doing all right, you know. Uh, recovering from ankle surgery, as you know. But other than that, I'm really happy to be here in this wonderful radio station with these two wonderful news directors oh my heart happy to hear that katie now i i I just have a hankering for i want to know what's going on in the in the community is there is there a way that i could get some local news (laughs) on this new show yes i can tell you right now jd wow emily that would be just super dope of you i've got you guys i'm emily (laughs) (laughs) i'm emily majak with the rocky mountain review and here is your local news report the Reporter Herald of Northern Colorado reports the Fort Collins Cat Rescue and Spade Neuter Clinic raised nearly $100,000 on March 30th at its charity benefit, Whiskers and Wags Jubilee. According to a press release, all money raised and donated will be used to help finance the nonprofit shelter and subsidize Spade Neuter Clinic. Laura Studley from the Collegian reports on the Health Network's new program that encourages students to fail. You heard that right. The CSU Health Network's new program named Rams Fail Forward teaches students to accept their failures rather than fear them. The program encourages students to actively participate in a new form of self-care where students embrace and work through their failures. This teaches students to try new things without any doubt of apprehension and discuss the hardships of everyday life as they come. Vivian Ephraimson Apt, Manager of Resiliency and, well- and Well-Being, stated, quote, Rams Fail Forward is our failure normalization and failure recovery public messaging. CSU really wanted to do something to break the common myth that failure means we're not succeeding. Often what happens on the path to success is that we have many mishaps that happen, failure that happens, and learning experiences that happen. The bucket list puppy that swept the internet and stole the hearts of millions unfortunately did not survive heart surgery at Colorado State University, according to Fox 31 News. Logan the puppy from Bellingham, Washington's story went viral when his foster family and caretakers made up a bucket list for Logan that included swimming in the ocean, playing in the park with his friends, and even a special event where people lined up at a pet store to pet and hug him. After CSU veterinarians saw the story, they believed they might be able to help perform surgery. After generous donations, Logan was given a private plane ride to Colorado. However, the surgery was unsuccessful. 
Colorado State University veterinarian said three heart defects were repaired, but at the end of the surgery, the young dog was not be able to remove from the heart and lung machine. Sandy Swanson of the Fort Collins, Colorado, reports an 18-year-old teen fatally shot another teen in Loveland last fall while the group of friends were drinking and passing around the victim's shotgun. Now, 19-year-old Gabriel Ventura has been accused of second-degree murder of 17-year-old Eric Whaley. The night of the shooting, Whaley was with Ventura, two other males, and his fiance. The group spent the afternoon drinking in Whaley's backyard, according to witness testimony and home security video footage. The group left the house and continued drinking in her car to avoid getting caught by Whaley's parents. Whaley's self-described best friend said Ventura was acting aggressive toward Whaley while they were hanging out. Whaley's fiancé also said she saw Ventura make a gun gesture at Whaley and told investigators Ventura said something to the effect of, quote, I feel like killing someone tonight. Whaley went to the basement to retrieve a shotgun to show his friends. The group passed around the gun, and one of the friends noticed two rounds loaded in the gun. Before Ventura fired the gun, Lynch said Whaley's second friend told investigators Ventura said something like, quote, this is the type of gun I could ice someone with. The same friend also told investigators he heard Ventura say boom when the gun went off. He said he saw Ventura briefly point the gun at Whaley's head, and Whaley grabbed the barrel to remove the gun. Ventura's defense attorney, Danielle Jasinski, said because rounds were removed from the gun, Ventura had reason to believe the gun was not loaded. Therefore, he was not practically certain firing the gun would kill someone, a requirement for proving a second-degree murder charge. Jennifer Heft of the Colorado Wind reports that on April 17th, many high schools in Colorado were under threats from an armed young Florida woman who was allegedly infatuated with the Columbine shooting. The woman threatened violence against schools in Colorado just days before the 20th anniversary of the attack. Actions and comments caused school closures for half a million students in Colorado on Wednesday, including schools in Fort Collins, Loveland, Windsor, and Greeley, but excluding CSU. The Federal Bureau of Investigation described her as extremely dangerous and said she flew to Colorado on Monday and brought a pump-action shotgun and ammunition. USA Today reported someone using a screen name linked to the woman wrote on a gun form earlier this year that she was traveling from Miami to Colorado and wanted to learn the rules for purchasing a firearm. Other users on the site offered advice, including that she could purchase the firearm legally from a shop with her Florida's driver's license. Federal law requires purchasers to be at least 21 to buy a handgun from a licensed dealer, but only 18 in most cases to buy a long gun, including rifles or shotguns. Some states, including her home state of Florida, require purchasers to be 21 to purchase long guns. Colorado, however, has no such restriction. The statewide manhunt for the 18-year-old ended Wednesday morning when she was found dead of an apparent suicide near Mount Evans. That has been your local news report. I am Emily Moshek. That was sad local news. <clears throat> it was not the greatest. Especially that puppy. I know, that was sad. but That hurt me. It was... They good tried, to hear though. that the CSU Veterinary Department did all they could, especially after we interviewed them earlier this year, to hear about how they saved Annie the kitten. Yeah. So they do good work they here do. at CSU. So you know who yeah. else does good work? You guys. You Aww. guys do good work. <laughs> Thanks, That's JD. So and in case you didn't know, it's our DJ thon. And oh. it is the one time of the year what? where we shamelessly ask uh, for, for your support, dear listener. We are working for donations to help us, you know. Keep the station going. We definitely rely on the help that you guys can push out. And if you're interested in, you know, keeping shows like the Rocky Mountain Review coming in through your your radio, you can always call or donate at kcsufm.com backslash donate. 
to help us out and we'd appreciate it i know i would please do it i would definitely definitely kcsu loves our listeners but we need you guys please. so we can keep talking <laughs> please help us oh my gosh please help just think about it think about the children oh my god us we're the children <laughs> do you love the rocky mountain review yes well please donate to keep it alive <laughs> thank you well, all right. I think we've got our message across. I, it's I, the DJ-a-thon. It's a big <laughs> week at KCSU. And your news team here is actually going to be on the air for 24 hours tomorrow, yep. starting from 9 a.m. on Friday so to if you, Saturday. Right. If, you so, don't, if you can't get enough of us. We're coming back. But anyway, just keep in mind, we would love for you to donate. And if you donate $90.50, and 50 cents. will you become part of our exclusive 905 Club, which gets you cool things like CDs and shirts and a mugs mug? yeah who doesn't love who doesn't coffee? want a mug and supporting your local college radio two and one and what's cooler than that nothing except ice okay <laughs> and two. on that note <laughs> our reporter ren wadsworth has a update on ascsu so keep that dial locked only here on 90.5 and coming up after that well everybody's favorite teen star has an interview coming in by our very own Emily Moshek. Indeed. Let's keep that dialogue only here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins. After weeks without a meeting, things began heating up in the Senate chamber as members of the audience brought up concerns with the recent election and lack of transparency in the Senate chamber. The collegian is student fee funded and you're ripping up student fees, which already questions what are you going to do with our student fees? Are you going to rip them up? You don't know. We also shouldn't have a student government where I have to question the honesty of who we elected and what they're doing. The position of Speaker of the Senate was debated as members of the Senate chamber argued whether the position should be voted for by the public or by the Senate, and whether the position should stand on its own or if the Vice President should take on the responsibilities. Madison Taylor stepped down from her position as Chief Justice due to the conflict of interest of her running for Vice President while still remaining as Chief Justice. Now, I was a candidate in these past elections. And I see a clear conflict of interest of a candidate having any connection to the governing body of these appeals. <clears throat> for that reason, uh, I'm stepping down. With limited money left in the budget for the year, senators began looking critically at bills introduced to ensure student fees are spent in the most impactful way. With the Rocky Mountain Review, Ren Wadsworth. social media and all this it's everyone always asks you know how do, how do I get famous I'm like why are you asking how do I get good first you know like why isn't it hey man how do I get better at playing guitar or how do I work out you know what are some things I can do to strengthen my voice or acting it's like you know how do I you know what's the proper way to prepare for a scene or how do I prepare for an audition or how do I how do I, it's always like you know how do I get famous how do I become that you know and you're just like you're just skipping too many steps, dude. It's like, there's so there's so much work that all of these people that you're looking at that have longevity, not these, you know, quick, you know, Instagram, whatever, YouTube, whatever, 
people who have been around for 15, 20, 25, 30 years, you know, it's like there's so much work that has gone into what, you know, so much that you didn't see to get to where they are that if you asked how do I get famous first or how do I get into the business or how do I do this without just asking, man, how do I get really good first? That's the most important thing because then everything just kind of like, honestly, it'll kind of just like fall into place naturally if you put in the work that's required. Too many people are trying to skip the hard stuff, which is... Just for 12 hours, really, so that I can go... You know, so it's like, you just have to... Don't skip the steps. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, J.D. Layden. I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Emily Moschak, as well as our very own reporter, Katie Otter. Now, Katie. Yes. I believe you've got some national news to fill us on, fill us in on, because, you know, I want to know what's going I on. I do. Yeah, Before sure. we get into that, though, I do want to say our past Drake Bell interview mm-hmm. was unfortunately cut off due to little technical difficulties, but yeah. we will have a fully-fledged technically working version podcast version of this interview coming up very shortly at kcsu fm so be sure to stick around and listen to us on the radio so you know when that's coming up because my our podcasting director cheyenne and i had the opportunity to interview him the other night after his show at the aggie theater and it was a very cool experience so you don't want to miss it what would you say was the coolest thing about meeting drake bell the coolest thing was just knowing that the guy that I watched on TV for my entire childhood was five feet away from me, and he mm-hmm. looks like he did <laughs> in the Drake and Josh show. So it was just, it was crazy. It's kind of surreal knowing that he was just there. Well, very cool. I got we'll go. Drake Bell to sign my ankle cast. That is true. Oh, pretty, yeah, you were there as well. It's pretty cool. I didn't get to go back with Emily, but I still got to meet him. It's pretty great. Well, that's just swanky. It was. Well, should we get into it? Let's do some national news. I'm going to read the entire Mueller report. Are you ready? No, I'm not. (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm Katie Otter with your national news. The long-awaited report by Special Counsel Counsel Robert S. Mueller III has been made public, although heavily redacted by the Justice Department today, reports the New York Times. The report details an investigation into President Donald Trump and whether or not he was engaged in any criminal activity with Russia in attempts to disrupt the 2016 presidential election. The special counsel has come to the conclusion that there is not enough evidence to establish that the president was ever engaged in any sort of criminal conspiracy or activity. Among the contents of the report were President Trump's efforts to stop the investigation. However, Mueller came to the conclusion that Trump had the authority to carry out acts such as firing FBI Director James Comey. Uh, Many different news outlets, including the New York Times, has the report available to read if you would like to review it yourself. Sixty doctors, pharmacists, as well as other medical professionals across five states are being charged in a connection with illegally prescribing painkillers. Over 32 million of them, reports CNBC. In some of these cases, the pills were prescribed in exchange for sexual favors. The Justice Department is reporting that six individuals are being charged with counts such as unlawful distribution of controlled substances and conspiracy to obtain controlled substances by fraud. One of the people arrested was a doctor in Tennessee who had earned the moniker of the Rock Doc. He would allegedly prescribe opioids and benzodiazepine 
which he would sometimes exchange for sexual favors. Groups such as the Center for Disease Control, the Department of Health and Human Services, as well as the Appalachian Regional Prescription Strike Force, work together to analyze databases in order to identify suspicious prescribing activity. An Ohio man, 49-year-old Arnold Teeter, put on quite the scene at a Plainsville, Ohio Perkins restaurant on Tuesday morning, reports the Washington Post. Teeter entered the restaurant, laid down in a booth, and threw a menu at one of the servers. The manager then became involved, which seemed to upset Teeter even more. He proceeded to reach under his shirt to grab a two-foot-long iguana. He then swung it above his head and threw the iguana at the manager. However, his aim was off, and the iguana did not hit the manager. Teeter then left, but was arrested by local law enforcement 30 minutes later, Officers then retrieved the iguana from Teeter's sweatshirt before taking it to the Humane Society. A vet has determined that the iguana was suffering from bone disease, a partly missing tail, and a leg fracture that will need to be operated on. But I think the iguana will be okay eventually. The cellular functions in the brains of 32 dead pigs have been restored by scientists, reports National Geographic. Researchers from Yale University School of Medicine created a machine called BrainX that restores the circulation and oxygen flow to a dead brain. The researchers obtained the pig heads from a food processing plant where the pigs were already killed for their meat. The researchers did not kill the animals. The researchers were able to restore functions in dead brains such as glucose and oxygen intake for up to six hours. By, provi- by providing this sort of test bed, it could be a major boost to the studies of human health and brain disorders in the future. During the procedures, the researchers took special precautions to ensure that the brains uh, did not, quote, wake up or become aware in any way. Uh, and none of the brains showed any signs of awareness. I'm Katie Otter, and that was your national news. Those last two stories were ridiculous, particularly they the were. iguana one. It was very ridiculous. That doesn't even sound real. I thought it was an Onion article, you know. Um, When I first saw it, I was surprised to see the Washington Post uh, reporting on that sort of story. I didn't know an iguana could be used as a weapon. It never should be. (laughs) Yeah. That that poor animal has definitely seen some things that it has not need to see. It sounds like it was living under the shirt of this Arnold Teeter man. and. That poor creature. I'm glad that... Take care of your reptiles, folks. I'm glad that it's in better hands now with the Humane Society. Please don't take them to a Denny's and throw them at people. (laughs) Definitely not. not the way to go. No. I'm just trying to figure out the thought process for that. I don't think there was a thought process. I really don't. When the cops found him, he was, like, aggravated, like, walking down the street, like, very agitated and aggravated. They made me take my iguana out of my pants. I have a feeling some substances were involved in this whole situation. Substances, maybe some other... Some omelets. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly what I meant. Do you know what time it is? Mm, No. I can't think of it. What could it possibly be? You know, it's that time where some stuff happens that everybody just (gasps) can't wait for. I'm scared. Oh, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, yes! The weather! It is the weather! Oh my gosh! The thunder claps, and the weather happens. 
and then the birds come out and it's all okay. And everything um, just feels better. It's a good metaphor for life. Inspiring others. I was thinking it's about true. life when I made this little bump. <laughs> Glad you were. It's been a pretty nice day. It's been a pretty nice week, honestly. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed the weather, actually. It's me a bit too. windy, but, it is you a know. Windy. The wind was pushing me on my scooter earlier. You gotta watch your hair, you girls. <laughs> You're yeah. sailing like a pirate on your leg scooter? I was just kind of letting it push me. I was, there's a little bit of an incline over by Rockwell, and woo, the it's wind got convenient. me at my back. It was nice. <laughs> I need a sail for it. As well as some other <laughs> modifications. You could get around pretty well with that. Mm-hmm. I could just also maybe the same effect, just carry around a big flag. I don't That's know true. if the flag would work that well. Well, listeners, if you have any suggestions <laughs> for what Katie should name her scooter ship. I named it Donkey. Oh, never mind. Is that his name? Just kidding. Anyway, tell us the weather. What's going on, Katie? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> we already know that today was super sweet. And, well, you know what? Tomorrow? It's going to be even nicer. The high of 74 and a low of 43. A little partially cloudy, but, you know, it's still going to be a really nice spring day. And you know what? Saturday is going to be just as nice, if not nicer. A high of 77 and a low of 46. <gasps> ah! See, there's Emily all super happy. It's almost 80 degrees. A little cloudy, but, you know, it'll be all right. Sunday, expect some rain on your Easter Sunday. 65 degrees with a low of 39. And then Monday... Nah, there's going to be some more rain, but the low of 47, or a high of 47, and a low of 40. But for Tuesday, you know what you're going to have to do? Turn in to the Rocky, tune in. I said turn, turn in. in. Tune in to the Rocky Mountain Review, except actually I lied because our lovely general manager here at KCSU is going to be teaching her radio class how to do news reporting. So they're taking over the Rocky Mountain Review next week. Yeah, actually, they're taking over on Monday and Wednesday. So yes. So, you'll... Uh, You'll hear us then. Or, right. Well, you won't hear us, but you'll hear the, the other us. Basically, just always listen to KCSU at all Non-stop. times because That's people are going to be on it and they're and, all cool. And give us money. And give us money. And, yes. For and our DJ-a-thon. Absolutely. And tune in tomorrow to hear the three of us go stir-crazy in For this booth. For 24 hours in this booth. <laughs> no breaks. Just going. You're only allowed to go pee twice. Those are the rules. It's true. I'm probably going to go pee twice in the first hour and then just hold it for the rest of the 23. Sounds like a great plan. It'll be terrible. I'm thrilled for it. <laughs> and on that bombshell, I want to thank everybody who helped us. Ren Wadsworth, as well as you, Katie Otter, and you. you, Emily Moshak, for helping put together the show. Of course. I would also like to thank Dr. Susan Bailey for talking about her work with the NASA Twin Study. So cool. As well as Kylie and Arnon from the Hip Hop Dance Club for talking about their dance show that is upcoming in April. I would also like to thank Cheyenne, as well as Drake Bell himself, for the man, the myth, the giving legend. Us- an interview. Drake Ballet. Oh my god, you made it worse. You made it worse. <laughs> uh, but I would like to thank you, JD. You're a, you're that was okay. a reluctant thank you. Wow, yeah. that was <laughs> rough. Oh, rough. Oh, come on. All right, well, keep that dialogue only here on 90.5 KCSU. Up next, we have Little Motel by Modest Mouse.